Welcome to another episode of Medium Well with Psychic Sharon Rose. Follow today as Sharon shares an energetic and spiritual connection with her grandmother at age seven and see how that's developed into a relationship still to this day as Sharon is about to hit age 70 later this year. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to Medium Well with Psychic Sharon Rose. You know, I've been doing a lot of, I take a lot of courses and I think that anybody that's working in my industry, like in with, as a psychic, as a, a healer, a Reiki practitioner, as mediums, I think we, we deserve to take more courses than we actually allow ourselves sometimes to take. But I take a lot of courses and the one I'm involved in right now is a lot to do with health and healing. And of course, it's all very self-serving in many ways, because I like to take care of myself. And I've been doing a huge deep dive on uh, overcoming um, different issues that are going on with my body naturally without having to actually go into surgical procedures and all of that kind of stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with all those procedures. Don't get me wrong. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying that for me, I'd really like to be able to identify it for myself and resolve it myself and be able to actually fix it myself. I want to tell you a story about a situation that happened when I was a little girl uh, growing up. I was seven years old. When I was young, my grandmother, she was actually my great-grandmother, lived up the hill from us. And she was absolutely my hero. I adored her, absolutely adored her from the time I can remember. Um, my, my little town was so small that um, we as kids, we were allowed to kind of wander around the town and it was like get in by dark or if mom wanted us to show up uh, for if it was dinner time, it, she'd just step on the front porch and yell <laughs> and we'd hear her wherever we were in town. That's how small our town was. And of course, back in the day, that's what they did too. But my grandmother was that person that when I was four years old, my brother started school and I would walk to the gate of the school and meet him. And on the way home from school, we would stop at my grandmother's. We would have cookies and milk and then we'd go to our house and her house was between the school and our house, which is like, oh, you could see all three of them from the same vantage point. So that tells you how far apart we were, not very far apart. And this carried on when I was four. And then when I was five, um, I started kindergarten. And so my brother and I would come, uh, or we, I started grade one actually when I was five. And my brother and I would walk together from school and we'd go to grandma's and we'd have cookies and milk. And then we'd come home and we did this literally every Monday to Friday. We did this from when we were, when I was five, then when I was six. And then when I was seven, at some point in the time when I was seven, and it was really close to the end of the year I turned seven, it was close to the end of the school year um, coming into summer, my grandmother uh, got sick. We were told she'd gotten sick. And we were told that we couldn't stop it at grandma's because she wasn't there. She was in hospital. And so when we dug a little deeper, we asked, well, what happened? And they said, well, she fell and she broke her leg or her hip or something. And my brother and I were very sad and we really missed her and we really were looking forward to seeing her again. And we waited and being kids, we asked all the time, every day, can we go to grandma's today? Is grandma home yet? Can we go to grandma's? How's grandma doing? Is grandma home yet? We really missed grandma. We wanted to go to grandma's. 
Every day, the answer was the same. No, 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 you can't. No, you can't. Pretty soon we quit asking because, you know, kids start to catch on when the parents get really insistent and not really receptive to your question, you stop asking. But I really, really, really missed her so much. She was the, the world to me. And I remember one day sitting in my room and all of a sudden grandma was there and I was able to talk to her and I was so excited. And I was like, grandma, how are you? Look what I did at school today. And I'd show her some stuff that I'd done or I'd tell her about my day. And, and this went on for quite a while. And then I said to my grandma one day, I remember feeling particularly sad. Now, as a child, I didn't have a very functional relationship from very beginning, from the very start. I did not have a functional relationship with my mother. So she was never very patient with me. And I was having a particularly sad day. Something had obviously gone wrong. I don't know what, but something. And I remember sitting on my bed. And I remember saying to my grandmother, Grandma, I'm sad. She said, well, don't be sad. You don't have to be sad. And it felt like she gave me a hug. And then I said to her, I said, Grandma, I said, I really, really miss you. Can I have your sty? And my grandma had a little tiny sty on her lower eyelid on one eye. And it wasn't actually a little tiny. Hers got fairly good size. And I loved it. It was a part of her. It was something unique. Nobody else I knew had one of those. And I thought it made grandma beautiful. And, you know, through the eyes of a seven-year-old child. And I asked her, can I have your sty? Because I really miss you. She said, of course you can. You can have my sty. And I was so excited. But I knew it was going to take time to grow. So I got as patient as I could every day. In the morning, I looked carefully in the mirror to see if it started to grow. And in the evening, I looked carefully in the mirror to see if it started to grow day after day after day. And I never told anybody that I asked grandma for her sty um, and that she had said I could have it. Because first of all, I thought my brother might say, well, I want it. And then I wouldn't get it. And I didn't know what my mom would say or my dad. And so I just kept looking in the mirror. And finally, one day I noticed this tiny little spot starting to grow on my lower eyelid. And I thought, oh my gosh, grandma really gave me her sty. I've got grandma's sty. And I was so happy and so excited. And every day I watched and I watched and I watched and, and it grew and it grew. And I needed it to get big enough so other people would see it and they would know what it was. And so it grew and it grew. Finally, one day I realized that it was big enough. I could go and I could tell mom, I could show mom. I could say, look, mom, grandma gave me her sty. And that's exactly what I did. Mom was in the kitchen. And I remember going into the kitchen and showing it to her. I said, mom, look at my eye. And she looked at my eye and she was kind of not sure what she was looking for. She said, you get something in your eye? I said, no, mom, grandma gave me her sty. And I remember her sort of looking at me very oddly. And then she said to me, she said, Sharon, grandma didn't give you her sty. Quit lying, quit making things up. And that was it. That was the end of the conversation. And I was heartbroken. I was so sad. And I went back into my room and I sat on my bed and I thought about it. I thought, well, I know grandma gave me her sty and I don't want to give it back. It's mine now. She gave it to me. But I really got that my mom did not want me to have grandma's sty. So I said to my grandma, I said, grandma, 
I have to give you back your sty. And mom doesn't want me to have it. And of course, you know, again, the eyes of a child, I had no idea that other people weren't talking to grandma. I didn't know. And I, I didn't have a clue. And I had indicated to my brother that I was talking to grandma, but he didn't believe me. He thought I was crazy. So I just thought, well, he's just isn't talking to grandma, but everybody else knows how. And I was pretty sure the adults all knew how, but I went to grandma and I said, I can't keep your stall. I have to give it back. And I remember my grandma saying, that's okay. You're beautiful. And I'll take it back. That's okay. And the sty slowly went away. And I forgot about that. I forgot about it for years and years because I was very busy trying to mainstream. I was trying to fit in. I was trying to get approval and talking about my grandmother. My, I remember telling my mom that I was conversing with grandma at some point there too. And I remember her getting very angry at me and telling me that I was lying and quit making stuff up and that was wrong and et cetera, et cetera. And of course, <laughs> I think I probably freaked my mother out. I'm not sure. But as time went by and as I started growing in, in my later years as an adult and I started studying spirituality and studying healing is actually how I ended up. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when I was in my late 30s and they wanted me to go on all this medication and I was supposed to you know, do this and do that and the other. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. I don't think I have to do that. I think that I don't have rheumatoid arthritis. And for years and years, it never did manifest as much. And what was interesting was I had completely forgotten about grandma's sty until I went to the college in England to the Arthur Finlay where I was learning all about spiritual development and learning mediumship and et cetera. And everything opened up and my memory recall came back and I could remember having these conversations with grandma. And I remember talking to her about, about her style. And I remembered having conversations with her about my day and showing her pictures I'd drawn, et cetera, et cetera. And it was quite intriguing for me because at that point I'm seeing through the eyes now of an adult and I'm understanding that I, as a child had such strong faith and such strong belief that I could grow my grandma's tie on my own eye and that she could give it to me. And it was all out of love. She loved me. I knew she loved me and I loved her. So everything was based in love. And it was sadness that made it go away because it'd been grown in love, but sadness said I couldn't keep it. So I had to let it go. And I lost the belief that I was allowed to have it. And so as I started to recall those memories, I started to understand we have a lot of power in our bodies. We have a lot of power to heal. And let me fast forward to now uh, June of 2020 or July 2020, when my father passed away initially. Um, and there was a lot of emotional trauma around that as well. And when my father passed within a very few months, very short time, I completely lost my voice. And I also uh, my hands became very crippled and it looked like I had advanced serious rheumatoid arthritis more so than ever in my lifetime. It was really bad. And for about a year, I kind of think I sat on a pity pot. I think I was just feeling sorry for myself. And I wasn't, I wasn't really working hard at trying not to feel sorry for myself. I just was feeling sorry for myself. You can be an empath and you can be a psychic and a medium, but you can still get on the pity pot because you're still a human too, right? And I was missing my father and I didn't know how to resolve that. I didn't, I felt like I'd been traumatized by many things that went on around that loss. And when my hands went and my voice went uh, and I started really taking 
an interest in my father-in-law who was also very ill. And then he passed the following year in 2021 on my father's birthday. I started to realize that I wasn't dealing with anything very well at all. I wasn't dealing with the trauma that I was going through, the sadnesses, none of it. So I started studying. I started taking courses on healing health, what your cells can do for you, understanding that I can communicate with my cells at a very deep level and they will listen to me and they will reverse anything I want them to reverse. Just like they reversed that I couldn't keep the sty, my body knew that I didn't have permission. So I was telling my body to, to let it go. I wasn't allowed to have it, let it go. The same thing with my voice. I started studying uh, the fact that I had lost my voice completely. like could not talk at all. And the fact that my hands were very crippled after I'd lost my father. So I started working with this training and I started understanding I could find some new techniques. And one of the ones that I learned fascinated me. And it was seeing myself as a very little person. So seeing my soul self as a very little Sharon, a very tiny little minuscule Sharon and letting her go inside my body and asking her to start reversing some of the things or helping heal some of the issues that I had going on for her to go to the places that really needed the help. And this all takes place inside of a meditation. Within a couple of days, I found that my hands lost their pain. I would wake up in the morning and my fingers were stretching and I was reaching and there the, things were coming back to normal. And I was starting to think, wow, this is crazy. This works. And I, as a child, I believed it. Why have I never believed it fully as an adult? And it's because of the experiences I had in my lifetime from the childhood to becoming an adult and all the things that made me doubt myself, my self-esteem issues, my lack of faith in myself, my lack of faith in the world, my lack of faith in the people around me, in the teachers that I'd had in some cases. And I thought, you know what? It's time for me to become seven again. And so this little girl, that uh, this woman that I had introduced into my body to help uh, heal and help me become well, I changed my mind and I made her the seven-year-old child because the seven-year-old Sharon had such deep faith and such deep love for her grandmother that she knew she could do anything and that her grandmother would help her along the way. And so me today, as I am hitting my 70th year, interesting, they're both sevens, isn't it? And that's a spiritual number too. As I'm hitting my 70th year, I'm going back to doing exactly what I did when I was seven years old. You know what, folks? Unless somebody runs into me with a car, pushes me off a building, there's a very good chance I could live to have a very long and fruitful life. So I want to encourage you, all of you, to really step up for yourselves and allow yourselves to engage in your most trusting, loving, beautiful selves and believe, believe in yourself and believe what you're able to do for your body and what your body can do for you. And if you can't believe it, take some courses, do some studies, take some lessons, learn from others who are experiencing exactly what I experienced. And as I move forward, I'm going to continue to grow, continue to get better, continue to get stronger and continue to get healthier. And I love my life. I absolutely love my life. 
what I'm going to do for you now is I'm going to pick a card that relates to exactly what we're talking about, Archangel Raphael Healing. These are oracle cards that were put out by Doreen Virtue many years ago. I love these cards. They're fantastic. I'm going to pick a card and I'm going to read to you what that card means. So this card for you is your card for the day. And it says, expect a miracle. Look at that. Expect a miracle. And here is a prayer that you can use to expect a miracle. Dear God and Archangel Raphael, thank you for your miraculous intervention and healing energies, which has restored the health of myself, Sharon Rose. You can repeat that to yourself. Remember that. Play this over again and write it down. Dear God and Archangel Raphael, thank you for your miraculous intervention and healing energy, which has restored the health of myself, Sharon Rose. Offer it up to somebody else. You can offer healing for others as well. So there you go. You got your card and you got a story. Thank you very much for popping in. This is Sharon Rose. Thanks for stopping by. And I will see you again next time. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of Medium Well with Psychic Sharon Rose. If you love listening to this podcast, we have one little favor to ask you. Please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. If you love learning from Sharon, well, she's got a few great courses that are ongoing. Why don't you register for Kitchen Witchin? It's on now. All you have to do for more information is go to kitchenwitchin.ca. Or if you'd like to book an appointment with Sharon for a reading, or if you'd like to know more about Sharon, her psychic services, coaching sessions, and more workshops, go to sharonrose.com. That's Sharon with a Y. We'll talk to you next time.